Good morning. Morning, guys. Good morning, everybody here in person and online. So glad you guys are here with us this morning and here to hear all that God has to tell you this morning. We're going to do another week of just listening to God and hearing what he has to say, listening to Holy Spirit. So I just invite you now to take a deep breath and get ready to listen, right? I think that's something we forget to do so often is just listen. Listen to see what Holy Spirit has to tell you. And then I'm going to challenge you today to listen, hear, and then share. Share with us what Holy Spirit's telling you online. (laughs) Um, We will be monitoring those and sharing those with us that are here. Um, But then also in person. Get ready. Both mics are up here to come up and share what Holy Spirit has for us this morning, because everybody has something to bring to this. So good morning, and let's start. I don't know who's starting this morning. Angie's starting. Oh, Jeff, declaration. Sorry, guys. I haven't been here for a few weeks. It's been a few weeks, but baby and I are figuring this out to get here on time. Okay, we're going to do the declaration together. And I think we have it up there. We do. So, I step out of the valley of indecision and walk in the realms of the unseen. I have a very specific and glorious inheritance in Christ, and the Holy Spirit wants to teach me how to tap into more of it in 2023. Okay, let's worship. Where's Angie? She left. You know, I um, I was watching as as she was dancing, and and I I see just overflows of of glory coming in. Huh? Oh, Annabelle. Annabelle was dancing and spinning and worshiping, um, and I just saw just overflows of glory coming into this room where she was at and, and she was pulling it down. And I think that, that it's really great that we can pull down from heaven. um, What's, what's going on up there. We can pull it down to here and we can experience it. And so, yeah, that's what I saw. Okay. 
We have no plan. But I have had a song on my heart that you guys may not know because uh, we wrote it a long time ago. So I'll, I'll have to remember my, remember the, the chords. words are, you are Abba, I know I can come to you, I don't have anything here, the words are, you are Abba, I know I can come to you, and I will seek your face as I call upon your name, I trust in your embrace, your love, it will remain, I know I can come to you. Trust in your embrace. 
there is nothing I desire but you. I want nothing more than for you to fall on me. There is nothing that I need but you. Holy Spirit, come move in me. I hunger and I thirst for your presence, oh God. I long to be with you. Holy Spirit, come and move in this place. My heart cries for is saying why you're here or are you just here because it's out of obligation are you just here out of routine are you just here because this is what you've trained yourself to do on Sunday but are you here because you long you long for fellowship with Christ Jesus you long for fellowship with his body ask yourself Reason with Holy Spirit. Consider with Holy Spirit, why are you here? What is the true intent of your heart? Say, Holy Spirit, reveal the true intent of my heart, why I am here. And if it's not in alignment with his heart, ask Holy Spirit to align you with the reason why we are here, why you should be here. Listen to her as she sings this. Line up your heart with the words, with the lyrics that she's singing unto the king. (laughs) 
there's no condemnation. If, if you've had one of those weeks that I suspect many or all of us have had where it's been a pressing week where you had to press through to do the simplest things, if you had to press through your mind to be here, if you had to press through life and the activities of life to be here, there's no condemnation in that because you are here. But just realign with Holy Spirit. Just realign and just be right now. The one place that you get to be yourself is in His presence. You don't have to press. You don't have to perform. You don't have to measure up to someone else's standards. He knows you. He knows who you are. So just be. Just be who Holy Spirit created you to be. Forget about what you feel like you need to demonstrate to people. Forget about what you even need to prove to yourself. There's nothing to prove in His presence. All there is to be and just to love Him. Just to love Him. Do you know Holy Spirit even gives you the ability to love Him? Without Holy Spirit, we can't even love Him rightly. So just enter in. Let all the guilt the condemnation, the, the toiling, the striving, the thinking, and the human reasoning. Just let all that go. And just let him consume your thoughts. Let him consume your mind. Let him consume your being. Just as he created you. Because he's saying you're perfect when you're functioning the way I created you to be. There's nothing you can add or take away from his creation that's going to improve it. You're perfect in him. He gave you a perfect spirit. Yes, we have imperfections in the flesh. And in our mind, will, and emotions, we, we struggle. But in that realm of the spirit where his spirit is commingled with your spirit and you become one, you're in the perfect place. You are perfection in that place. You are perfection in that place. And so from that place, let's give him a high praise. Let's give him a perfect worship in that place. Let's go to that third heaven place where you're allowed to just be. You're allowed to just be. You have this permission to just be.
spare no expense for Holy Spirit. He's worth it. He's worth it. He's worth it. Pull up, bullshit, just in our yielding, just in our resting, the veil became so thin that then when we made that push, whoosh, we were just there. It was just like a, a very thin membrane. So, so just let yourself rest and be vulnerable. Don't tense up. Don't, don't be conscious of yourself. Don't fight the vulnerability because you're supposed to feel naked in his presence. You're supposed to feel vulnerable. You're supposed to feel just a, a bit of discomfort because our human nature is used to one thing, but our spirits know the third heaven so well. It's our home. It was our home before 
this became our home. And so if you let yourself be spirit, you're going to come into a place where you're most comfortable, but you're going to have to feel, let yourself feel that little bit of uncomfortableness in your flesh, in your human being, so that you can just push into that veil. But you have to avail yourself. You have to set your mind in that position that you will allow Holy Spirit to take you there if that's what you want. You have to be willing and you have to be available and you have to listen. Turn on your spirit ears. Turn off your natural ears to the distractions. If you're not hearing just what's under the sound of my voice and Holy Spirit, then you've got too many distractions. Robin is like Judah. She's just making a way. She's making a path in the Spirit for us to follow. We don't just float up there. We trudge up that worship mountain. And it's not a trudge because then as we go forward, we're moving in that grace. But we have to position our minds. We have to be in position to go after that high praise and to release that to him. So, so take down all your guards. Take down thinking about what somebody else is saying, doing, what your week was like. And just hear the sound of my voice and just listen for Holy Spirit. You can, you, you can control your soul. You can order your soul and say, soul, you will hear the word of the Lord. Soul, you will bless the Lord. Soul, you will come under submission to the spirit man. And the spirit man is saying, arise, arise. The spirit and the bride are saying, come, come. The spirit and the bride say, come. The spirit and the bride say, come. The spirit and the bride say, come. The spirit and the bride say,
Spirit and the Bride. The Spirit and the Bride. 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 Sing
Okay. I just, I want, it's really important that we understand that the things that we're singing are really, they're grounded in the word, right? Like the, the word that the words that they're singing are the words of Jesus, right? And so in Revelation 22, this is what Jesus says, behold, I come quickly. Wonderfully blessed is the one who carefully guards the words of this, the prophecy of this book. And then he drops down in in verse 12. It says, behold, I am coming quickly. I bring my reward with me to repay everyone according to their works. I am the alpha and omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the completion. Wonderfully blessed are those who wash their robes white so they can access the tree of life and enter the city of bliss by its open gates. Those not permitted to enter are outside. The malicious hypocrites, the sexually immoral, sorcerers, murderers, idolaters, and every lover of lies. I, Jesus, sent my angel to you to give you this testimony, to share with the congregations. I am the bright morning star, both David's spiritual root and his descendant. Come, says the spirit and the bride in divine duet. I'm going to read it again. Come, says the spirit and the bride in divine duet. We aren't just conjuring up some fancy words. We're joining in with the spirit and we're saying, come Lord Jesus. Come Lord Jesus. Let everyone who hears this duet join them in saying, come Let everyone gripped with spiritual thirst say, come. And let everyone who craves the gift of living water come and drink it freely. It is my gift to you. Come. I want us to know what it is that we're doing at all times. I don't want us to just be joining along because it seems like the right thing to do. I want you to know that what you're doing is making agreement with what Holy Spirit is already saying. Come! We want, listen, the book of Revelation isn't about escapism. It's not about the sweet by and by that we've been taught from the time we were little. It's not about us escaping the earth to be like raptured up into this other place. All around us right now is the great cloud of witness. They've come to the earth to see what it is that we're doing because they hear the cry. They hear the cry of come. So they've come. And Jesus is coming to fill this space, to teach us the way, the truth, and the life. 
We have to join in with what's happening in the heavenly realm. It's a realm, not a final destination. He plans to make a new heaven and a new earth. And guess who's going to occupy it? It's us. It's us. You are the bride. And that's what this morning is all about. It's about a stewarding well one another as the bride. We allow too many tares to come in between us. We seed too many tares. Do you know who seeds the tares? The accuser of the brethren. Are you joining in with him and his song? Or with the spirit who's crying, come! You have to choose. Who are you aligning with today? Some of us are accusing our own bodies. You need to release yourself into the hands of the Lord. Stop accusing your own body. Your body didn't do anything against you. You've just sown wrongly. Free yourself. Free yourself from the lies of the accuser. God has a divine purpose for us. And Jesus did what he did so that we could walk in wholeness. It's not just about holiness. It's about wholeness. In the book of Acts, they drew together as a community, as one, and they cried out, Lord Jesus, come. And do you know that there was none, none feeble, not one feeble among them. That's not common in our American church. Who's going to stand and not compromise on this one thing? He either died for our wholeness or he did not. We're either people who have healing flowing through us or we are not. We have so many other gods, so many other gods. And I just have a feeling that Holy Spirit is showing up to topple all of our idols. Because this one thing is true. He will have no other gods before him. He's looking for a people audacious enough to believe that what he did is real. Who will join together and add their song to the duet. Right? Isn't that beautiful? We're all one body, one body. It's mysterious and it's beautiful. And the only way you're going to capture the essence of it is by coming, becoming little, like a child, because only children can grasp such mysteries. It's only by a childlike imagination that we can, we can collide with such truth. And as we enter back into a space of worship, I want to help us get there. Because I, I can feel the realm of revelation wanting to enter into the room. But there's a fear in us that is resisting it. That it's like, oh, I don't know. I don't know if I can give way this time. There's a fear in us that's like, I don't know what it's going to look like. And what Pepper was saying 
but we can boss our soul around. It's true. We can. We need to allow our spirit to come to the front and lead us. And I love thinking about how much history my spirit has with the living God. Let your spirit lead the way because he is longing to be encountered this morning. And that's through the realms of revelation. And I'm going to let you borrow my encounter from Wednesday. And you should make plans to be here on Warrior Worship Wednesday. Because it was powerful. And she's right. It was a very thin veil. There was this overwhelming feeling of holiness in the room. And here's the encounter that I want to share with you. I'm not going to tell you the whole thing. I just want to get you started. I just want to prompt us. But you have to become like a child. Are you, are you there? Are you becoming like a child? I found myself standing on a shoreline. And I looked up and the eyes of my heart were opened. And I realized that the shoreline, the watery shoreline, was the train of the Lord Jesus' robe. And the entire body of water, which you couldn't see the other side, was his garments. And I realized I'm actually sitting on the train of his robe. And he looked back at me to make sure that I was, I was secure on the train of his robe. And he began to walk out deeper into the waters. And I knew where we were going. We were leaving the shoreline. But because I was with him, there wasn't a fear in me. Because that spirit of holiness had filled the room. It had brought my spirit man to the forefront. That childlike faith was there. And I knew that this was the most real thing that I was going to encounter in the whole week. And he kept going further out. And he would look back to make sure, still writing, that I hadn't jumped ship. Because he's kind. And he's good. And he turned back at one point, And he didn't say a word, but I could hear his thoughts. And it was, daughter... Her going out into the deep, into spaces you've never been before. And he's looking for a people who will just ride on the train of his robe into the deep where he wants to take us. He has great and marvelous things that he wants to show us. But we've got to let go of the fear that challenges his presence because he will not be challenged. So become like a child. Allow your spirit man to just emerge from you so you can encounter him in a way where it feels like this is the most real thing that's happened to me in a long, long while. He longs to be encountered. He's the most real thing in your life. This is what I want us to do as we continue. There should be something rising up on the inside of you, whether it's a single word or it's a phrase or it's scripture. And I want you to be brave enough to either come and pick up the mic or come and tap Pepper on the shoulder and just whisper in her ear what it is you're feeling God is saying. 
because I want us to join in to the duet of the spirit this morning. I want to cause all things to collide with his presence this morning. And the only way that that's going to happen is for you to push fear aside for a minute and step out of yourself and come. Just say what it is that he is saying. Just repeat his words. It's this simple. Like that. And if you, if you don't want to come up here because it's too front, just come and tell me. I'm giving you a lot of outs. I know. It's okay. Baby steps, right? We're taking baby steps. Anyone willing to just take some baby steps this morning? This isn't about performance. It's about worship. It's about regarding the one who's so worthy. Yes? Can we regard him in the fullness of his worth this morning? Will you allow the realm of revelation to sweep into this room? Will you tell fear to go? All right, we're going to give it another go. Spirit and the bride, Spirit and the bride, Spirit and the bride, say come, Spirit and the bride. The Spirit and the Bride, Spirit and the Bride, Spirit and the Bride, say come, Spirit and the Bride, Spirit and the Bride, say come, say Spirit and the bride, Spirit and the bride, Spirit and the bride, Spirit and the bride, say come. And look at Robin and I. Do you see how we're leading, but we're leading imperfectly. This is just a song from heaven. We don't have, you know, we don't have anything rehearsed that I can say. Okay, Robin, would you go into the key of uh, A for the Spirit of the Bride? (laughs) So if we can stand up here and be brave enough to lead imperfectly, can't you just flow imperfectly? We're leading imperfectly right now. And we're trying to let our spirit lead. We don't have a plan other than just to be led by his spirit. So as we release the Spirit and the Bride, this invitation, why don't you come with us? See how imperfectly we're doing this? But he honors it because we are trying to connect with him in that realm where he is. See, we want to go where he is. Sometimes he comes where we are in his love, but he's saying, you know, your house is okay, but my house is better. Let's go to my house. (laughs) So... We want to go to his house. It's more fun at his house. Spirit and the bride. Spirit and the bride, say come. Spirit and the bride. The spirit and the bride. Spirit and the bride, say. 
Spirit and the bride. Spirit and the bride. Spirit and the bride. Say come. Say Don't you want to join with those other clouds of witnesses? You know how a cloud is formed? A cloud is just the formation of many water droplets. That's how a cloud is formed. So can you just take your water droplet and form it with mine so that we can form that great cloud of witnesses and join with those cloud of witnesses that are in heaven, that rapture that Angie is talking about that's available to us now. We're not waiting for that sweet by and by to be caught up with him. Like John said, immediately I was in the spirit. There it goes. Song of Songs 8, starting at verse 14. In the Passion Translation, this is labeled the bridegroom and the bride in divine duet. Arise, my darling. Come quickly, my beloved. Come and be the grateful gazelle with me. Come and be like the young stag with me. We will dance in high places of skies. Yes, on the mountains of fragrant spices. Forever we shall be united as one. Arise, my darling. Come quickly, my beloved. Come and be the grateful gazelle with me. Come be like the young stag with me. We will dance in high places of the skies. Yes, on the mountains of fragrant spices, forever we shall be united as one. I'm also going to say, Song of Songs, if you haven't spent time there, that is where I find Holy Spirit speaking directly to me through Scripture. Because it is. It is a dialogue back and forth and him speaking directly to me. Those high places, oh, 
beloved one, beloved one, he bids you come. Come. look into his eyes look look into his face let your spirit man just look into his eyes and, and see his eyes like two deep pools just get the get the vision of that the eyes of the holy one like two deep pools that you can just jump in just jump in that's where that water is where you thirst no more it's in him it's in him all things are in him in him we live we move we have our being we rest in him we drink in him we exist in him all things are held together by him so just jump in and get into him that heavenly perspective is coming through those deep pools of his eyes. That's the heavenly perspective. That's the perspective of heaven. Jump into his eyes. Jump into his eyes. Jump into his eyes. We're beholding you like living waters come. We're beholding you like living waters come. As we behold him like living waters, he's just saying, come. We're just going to stay on the calm a little bit. Come. 
see yourself moving closer until you're just in that pool of living water that's coming from his eyes.
So I am a dreamer. God gives me dreams. He's told me a long time ago, that's how he talks to me, is through my dreams. During the day, my mind is way too caught up on too many other things that he uses the quiet of the night to talk to me. Um, I was scared when I got it, when I was pregnant with Katie because you don't, babies don't sleep. So I was going to have less time of sleeping, but he has been so gracious to me in this season that I am still dreaming and dreaming very vividly. Um, but I had a dream last night that as we're worshiping and stuff, kind of came to what it meant. Um, and if you know me, I dream like very vividly, colors, stories, crazy plot lines. But this is just part of this, this dream was that I was getting ready to go like to a youth camp and we need permission slips. Um, but I was like leading the people. So it was even sillier that I needed to do a permission slip. But these permission slips were silly. Like kind of like why? All you needed was your name on it and then your parents' name and their relationship to you. There was no spot for the parents to sign. No phone numbers needed. Nothing else needed, right? But the leaders of this camp were very set on we have to have these permission slips. So it was really silly. And then another one, one of the people that was coming on the trip with us, she didn't know who to put, like what to put as a relationship with her parents. She had been adopted and she didn't know how to put the relationship for the parents. And it was like, it didn't matter. It didn't matter. And even in the dream, I was like, it doesn't matter. Like put down whatever you want. Cause I thought these papers were just absolutely ridiculous to even have them, right? They didn't tell us anything. They didn't give us really any permission for anything. Um, and God was just talking to me about that. Like we rely so much on that permission slip right? We look for this permission slip to step in to what God is telling us to do. And they're silly, right? It has our name and maybe who our parents are, but that's ridiculous. It doesn't give us any permission to do anything else. This permission slip isn't needed to step into what God is asking us to do. And that's what he's telling us. And the even worse is we rely on what our relationship is to other people to step into what God is doing. And He's adopted all of us into his kingdom, and that's the only relationship that really matters, is that relationship. And like I said, this permission slip and this permission that we wait for isn't needed. He's already given it. What? Tear up the permission slip. Yes, tear it up. Tear them up. Throw them out and step out into what God has called you for. Lisa posted that uh, Psalm 84, 9 through 12, uh, spoke to her, and so I wanted to share that. God, your wraparound presence is our defense. In your kindness, look upon the faces of your anointed ones. For just one day of intimacy with you is like a thousand days of joy rolled into one. I'd rather stand at the threshold in front of the gate beautiful ready to go in and worship my God than to live my life without you in the most beautiful palace of the wicked. For the Lord God is brighter than the brilliance of a sunrise, wrapping himself around me like a shield. He is so generous with his gifts of grace and glory. Those who walk along his paths with integrity will never lack one thing they need, for he provides it all. O Lord of heaven's armies, what euphoria fills those who forever trust in you.
Now we're going to, don't let your mind get distracted. Don't drift. Because Robin's been singing about that fire. And so we want the intensity of our heart to go with what we're asking, Holy Spirit. Because you should be feeling that intensity by now. Say, more, more, more.
your fire fall, let your wind blow, let your glory come down. Let your fire fall, let your wind blow, let your glory come down. Let your fire fall, let your wind blow, let your glory come down.
impressed with true worship that comes from here. They're not impressed with just mouthing words to lyrics. They're not impressed with just showing up and not rightly regarding him and having our hearts and minds positioned in a place of worship. The angels don't want to come worship with that. They want to come worship with that fervency that makes them cry, holy, 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 holy. Because they, why would they leave heaven to come to something lesser? water from my heart and I was like what is that and then I remembered the blood and water that flowed from his side and it was just like whoa like water from my heart I think that when Jesus had the blood and water flow from his side it was just it was a sign of everything to the last water from his heart. <laughs> Can you guys imagine that? As if the beating wasn't enough, as if, you know, the crucifixion wasn't enough. And they pierced his side. And that he, he just gave up everything. say is just wow Jesus wow we don't do this because you know you know you get a you shake our finger at you or something you're not doing like it's not about that it's just we want you to, to really discover like the awe and the majesty and the just uber coolness of our God <laughs> What he's done for us is amazing. What he's done for us is amazing. Yes. <laughs> Am I okay? Good. Um, I love that love the picture of of the water and the blood coming from Jesus' side. And in the Passion Translation, it so beautifully lays out in the footnotes that 
this was the moment that new creation was born because when birth happens, water and blood pour out also. And so it's just such a beautiful picture of us being reborn on the cross as he as he's just spread wide in the utmost position of sacrifice. I mean, it's just absolutely stunning to me. And I had a picture this morning of us all pregnant. I know everybody rub your pregnant belly. Just rub your, because that's what pregnant women do. They just rub their pregnant bellies. They can't get enough of it. Every one of us were pregnant. And the fascinating thing was, is that it was, is translucent, is that where you can see through something? That's what it was like. And so, you know, like you can't actually see the baby when you're like pregnant. And that's sad because <laughs> you're just longing for that. But all of us are walking around with these translucent pregnant bellies. And there has been so much talk prophetically about it being a birthing season that God is wanting to birth something through each of us. And I'm afraid that the majority of us in our current state, we would be um, way more comfortable being pregnant for five years than just pushing now. You know, like God is wanting to birth something now through you, something that looks like you and him, like this co-mingled you and himness, you know, and here's the problem is we don't rightly see one another. And so therefore we don't hold one another accountable to the call. In fact, sometimes we even hold one another hostage to our low level idea of who we are. But when God speaks something over our lives, it is the final word. And we need to align with it quickly. We need to begin to act on it immediately. That's the power of prophecy. It's carving something out in you for you. Now, is that to come to fruition right then and there? No, but you best start acting like it. Prophecy is a guarantee if you partner with the word. You have to partner with it. And I love the scripture that says, oh gosh, help me. Um, what's the one? Um, I think I just said it yesterday. Um, oh, I hate it when my memory does this. I can't even like get the words out. The thing that is not as though it is. What's that scripture? Oh, Call things that aren't as though they are. <laughs> Jeez, that was way too difficult. But that's our job. Prophetically, that's our job. So when God speaks a word over you, you need to begin to call yourself that thing and do everything in your power because here's the problem. When it does begin to manifest in our lives, we're taken aback because we didn't do any work. Because we didn't call ourselves by that name. And it's lazy, lazy, lazy Christianity. It's lazy sonship. Can I take it even further? Because the thing is going to manifest. Whether you're prepared for it or not is a different story. So we have to learn to partner prophetically. And so this is, this is what I, we need to identify with what one another is carrying. Like Megan, I need to know what you're carrying. I need to know what it's going to look like when that thing 
is just birthed forth in all of its beauty and all of its splendor. I need to know. You need to know. You need to know what I'm carrying. We need to stop attempting to play prediction games over one another and truly, truly allow the prophetic to do its job. Okay? Pepper's going to lead us into a time of communion. And this has everything to do with everything. Everything to do with everything. Communion is such a beautiful bonding sacrament that the Lord has given to us. And we don't do this right either, unfortunately. But we can get it right. It's fine. But it, it requires us to hold each other in the highest esteem that prophetically we have access to. That means that if, if God tells me that Jeff is going to be the next king of England, I better start imagining the crown on his head. You know what I'm saying? I mean, like, I, I realize that's being silly because he's not even from there. But you get what I'm saying? It's like, it's my job. It could be 50 years from now that my job is to regard him as the next king of England. And everything that he and I do interactively better be about him becoming a king over a country. Do you understand? Does this make sense? Okay, Pepper. Now, I want us, before we partake of communion, if we have a religious hat on or a preconceived idea about communion, I invite you just to take it off so that you can hear me rightly. Uh, I led communion once at a, a Bible study or a prayer meeting years ago. And one person there said, you did a really good job, but you didn't read what it says out of the scripture. <laughs> but I am the living word because it's inside of me. And so I'm just going to pour out of the living word that's inside of me. I'm not going to do it uh, very religiously. And I'm not going to read you all the scriptures because we're already there right? We already know that we're commanded by scripture to do it, right? We already know it's symbolic of his body and of his blood. So we're already right there. So I want to talk about how scripture says, if, if you don't eat my flesh and you don't drink my blood, there's no life in you. So that's not an option. That's saying, unless you eat my flesh, and drink my blood, there's no life in you. And so immediately they're probably repulsed because they have on a natural mind. Put on a spiritual mind this morning. We're not talking about sawing up a man in pieces and eating his flesh and then drinking his blood. We're talking about communing with the king of kings so much that it would be like the breakfast you ate this morning. I can't remove it or divide it up from you. It's so much one. That's how much he wants us to be one with him. That he says, I literally want you to eat me and drink me. And so what I'm giving you is from the logos. Yes, the written word. But also what I'm giving you is from the word made flesh. That's inside of me. And so... What I want us to do when we fellowship here, whether we have communion or not, realize that we are having communion. This reminds us, this is a reminder 
of that communion. But this is not the true communion. This is a reminder of that true communion. That true communion is when we enter in one in his body and we eat his flesh and we drink his blood until we become so one with him. There's no separating what you ate. There's no separating what you just drank. And so let me bring this to also to a natural level. It, it's so comfortable around here. But Angie, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but the intent of this is so we take off our religious hats and we're comfortable and relaxed enough that Holy Spirit can just do what he wants with us. But it doesn't mean that this place that God has ordained, this physical structure, is worthy of any less honor and respect than the body of Christ. So when we come in here, we want you to be relaxed. We want you to have your coffee. We want you to fellowship with one another. But you, we also want you to have the regard for his house. This house is not special just because it's a structure or because it's UL. It's special because this is a place God told us that we're supposed to gather as a corporate body and reverence him. And so in that reverencing of the structural house, there's also the reverence of we are temples, we are houses, and we come together to form the body of Christ, right? So back to the structural house, it's somewhere in Corinthians where they came and they weren't regarding the Lord's house rightly and they were getting drunk and there was all kinds of stuff happening. And Paul says, don't you have a house where you can do that at home? The Lord's house ain't for all that drama. This is the Lord's house. And Paul knew full well that he was the temple of the Holy Ghost. But he also said, don't bring that nonsense and drama into the Lord's house. Come into this structure with the reverence that says, I'm here for a specific reason, a specific purpose. And I'm going to reverence this structure because we're inviting him into it. You think he can't inhabit structures? Then how did he walk through walls? How did Jesus walk through a wall if he can't inhabit a structure? And how, how did Paul pass out handkerchiefs that had healing in them if the physical atoms and things that we touch and walk on and use and play on and sing on don't have a holy reverence attached to them? We have forgotten the holy reverence that's attached to this floor. That's why the store is stained so beautifully. It's not just for you. It's for Holy Spirit. Because we want to welcome it into a beautiful place and say, look what we did for you, Holy Spirit. We stained the floors because we love you so much. And then when we talk about rightly regarding his body, he said in Corinthians, because you have so much familiarity with each other and you no longer rightly regard the body, many of you are sick and even dead because of it. So we have to rightly regard the body of Christ. So as we do communion this morning, go beyond the symbolism of it. Go beyond the prophetic sign of it to say, I am in this place 
to eat of you and drink of you. And you are this place to eat of me and drink of me. Not because I'm me and you're you, but because the Holy God, the Godhead is inside of me. And so I can pour in your cup some Godhead and you can pour in my cup some Godhead and we're all good, right? But let's not be so familiar and so laxed in the reverence of this structural place and in the reverence of that we are all temples of the Holy Ghost. And so there's a reverence that's due you. And there's a reverence that's due me. It has nothing to do with preacher, apostle, prophet. It has to do with Holy Spirit. So Father, I ask that you would give us the revelation of this and open our eyes, Lord. As we partake of this prophetic symbolism that reminds us that when we come together, we're doing exactly what you said to do. Eat me. And not just eat you, digest you. We want to digest you. We want all the nutrients of you to be broken down in our bodies. And we want all those nutrients to be distributed to the places you say they should go to empower us to be who you say we are. Some of us might need a little more vitamin A. So you know how to do that. Some of us need some folic acid. Some of us need some B12. And he knows in what measurement when we eat of him, we are to receive it. That's his job. But no. That as you take this physical bread, it's not physical bread. It's a prophetic symbol that I am here eating of the body of Christ. He said, I am the bread of life. I am the bread that's come from heaven. He said, my meat and my drink is to do the will of the Father. What are you going to eat? What are you going to drink? Are you going to drink something that's just become a dry symbolism to you that has no life in it? This has life in it to me because of its meaning. In the Old Testament, in Leviticus, when they had all the rituals and all the rules for animal sacrifice, one thing they were forbid to do was drink the blood. But then we see Jesus in the New Testament. He said, I didn't come to do away with the law. I came to fulfill it. And in the fulfilling of the law, he said, I'm the only sacrifice that's worthy enough for you to drink my blood. (laughs) How about that? He said, I forbid you to drink the blood of your idols. I forbid you to drink the blood of bulls and goats. But now there's a perfect sacrifice that has come built on better promises. And he said, drink my blood. Without it, there's no life in you. The life is in the blood. 
So as we take this bread, take him as the bread of life. Commune with him in that deepest place where you realize you have come here today to eat him, to drink him, to commune with one another in the deepest, holiest communion that we can't even comprehend yet. We're just on the tip of comprehending the kind of oneness he wants with his body. Take your bread. And then we're going to hold our cups up with the acknowledgement and the understanding that the life is not in this cup. The life is not in this wine. This is the prophetic symbolism that reminds me to be reverent of his sacrifice. And it reminds me when I drink it that every day my life's blood is in you. And when you come together, you are partaking of his flesh and drinking of his blood in a very real way. That this is a reverent, holy place. This is a reverent, holy act. And we are reverent, holy people. And we ought not be too familiar with one another. If it takes away the reverence that we have. Jesus, thank you for your blood. Thank him as you take the wine. I think that, that we'll say goodbye to our online community and, and I'm just going to tell you what it is that we're going to do before, before you hit end um, is I want us to commune together. We've communed with the Lord and now I want us to commune together as a body. And I want us to, to be brave enough to say what it is that God has seated in us for this season. I'm not asking you to reach back to 1900s and pull something from the now. What's he seeding now? So for those of you online, take time to consider that. Drop it in the comments and, and we'll interact with that. We're happy to interact with that because I want to know. I want to know what it is. Like, how am I to regard you in this season? Put me on notice, right? So anyway, have a happy Sunday and we'll see you soon.